chance on here. Pulisic picks up the loose ball and he could be in. Christian Pulisic for Chelsea, 1-0! Quick thinking by Alisson, and if Salah could lift it, still Salah, Salah! The Ghost Goal Podcast. The Premier League marches on and we have movement at the top of the table. Gundogan continues to shine for Manchester City, who got a 5-0 victory over West Brom. City are now back on top of the table with that victory. Chelsea scrapped a 0-0 draw with new manager Thomas Tuchel. Leicester and Everton drew, which saw Leicester remain in third place on the table. 20th place, Sheffield United shocked the world, getting a 2-1 victory over Manchester United, who fell down to second place. Arsenal got a 3-1 victory over Southampton, moved up to ninth and equal on points with Chelsea. And today, Liverpool got a 3-1 victory over Tottenham. Thanks to goals from Roberto Firmino, Trent Alexander-Arnold, and Sadio Mane. But both teams ending the game with injuries. Harry Kane for Tottenham and Joel Matip for Liverpool. Welcome back to the Ghost Goal Podcast. I'm Andrew Passaro. We got the whole group back together again today. Javier Revelo, Alex Moss. How's everybody doing today? Doing pretty Tuchel well. in. Yeah, you got your Tuchel in. We got a manager. There, there we go. You got a manager. I got goals. Javier got a win. Uh, things are significant. It's Thursday, and things are significantly better than they were on yeah, Monday. If we, beat, so, if we uh, beat United on Sunday, we'll be seven points behind them. That's kind of crazy. I did. I did see a very funny thing on the internet. It's like, will Manchester United win today? Yes or no? And it basically was like, does Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's job on the line? Yes or no? And if his job is not on the line, they are not going to win today. So uh, we will talk about. Manchester United, we are going to talk about Manchester City, we'll talk about Chelsea and their new manager, we're going to get into all of it, um, and let's start, you know what, let's start with Manchester United, who fell 2-1 to Sheffield, Harry Maguire getting the only goal for Manchester United, some shoddy defending in the back, uh, a goalkeeping error from David De Gea, as uh, Burke and Brian both getting the goals for Sheffield, on the road, by the way, this is more struggles at home at Old Trafford for Manchester United. They've got a massive clash with Arsenal this weekend at the Emirates, which uh, is, I don't know, I, I'd almost rather play Manchester United at Old Trafford, but Manchester United were flying high. They got the draw against Liverpool. They beat Liverpool in the FA Cup. They were top of the table. They were poised sort to of, take back top of. of the table. If you look at like all the results in the last five or six games... They've been like 1-0, 2-1, like comeback wins. And like a lot of United fans were still very cautious of this run that they had and going top of the table. They, a lot of them weren't like, all right, we're going to win the league. They're still like, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do pretty well to make top four and like be in with a title challenge. But like I don't think United fans are deluded enough to think that they were flying high and gunning for the title because they weren't playing that well. They haven't really been this entire season. They've come back a bunch of times and – I mean, I'm not convinced they're like they're going to be like here at the end of the season. They're not going to be like in it in the last like two or three games for the title. I don't think. I mean, there's still so long to go. There's what like 18 games. Some teams have a little bit more, but yeah, but like they're not going to keep getting bailed out. Like, I mean, that's by, what I, like, I, I'm agreeing with you. Like going behind and then left. finding superpowers to fucking come back and win two one. Like it's not going to work all season. Like you can only do that so many times. 
I mean, the, the main thing I took away from this is that uh, we kind of just forgot about how big of an issue to United's form David Dea's, uh mistakes had been for the past like season or two. Where, I mean, maybe before that, we were still thinking of him as one of the best goalkeepers in the world. But like this season, he's just, he just seemed to have kind of eliminated most of those. And uh, they reared their head again uh, in the Sheffield game. The, the first goal, people had an argument about Billy Sharp fouling him when he was trying to get up and punch that uh, Keen Bryan header away. But it's that's soft at most. Like... Like in the end, like usually people come down to the goalkeeper has to be stronger. The goalkeeper can push around anyone he wants in the box, and you know you're not going to get a, like a penalty called for it, especially on a corner. And he was just too weak there, and and didn't manage to get it away. So uh, I, I was just amazed by how they uh, Sheffield, you know, concede the goal uh, midway through the second half. And then from that point, it's not Manchester United that are pushing on to get the win, like we've seen so often recently. It was Sheffield who were pushing up the field, starting to impose their way of playing and taking uh, taking advantage of those overloads on the wings, and then just like methodically picked United, Manchester United apart and scored what looked like was a really basic dumb goal in the end. Like I'm sure Man United fans are more worried with that second goal than they are the first because it's just one basic mistake. The second goal, uh, the Burke one that was deflected. The way they just like failed to clear it multiple times in a row, and then it, Sheffield just repeatedly picked them apart and tried different things until one finally worked. That was that was worrying for uh, Manchester United fans, um, especially for a team of Sheffield United's uh, level this season. Who, I mean, they have two wins out of three now. It doesn't seem like the biggest. Uh, uh, the biggest miracle. You, for, that's got that's got to be confident a, confidence boost for them. I mean, I know that they're still. They're still they like did that 12 with Jack points off safety, but... Did you, do you remember a couple weeks ago when Manchester United went to Sheffield United, went behind early, 10 points and then just safety. destroyed them? Jagielka came on in that game, and it was like his first game in a year or two in the Premier League, and he got absolutely torn apart by Rashford and Martial, and he played the full 90 minutes in this game at 38 years old, and he didn't look out of place. I didn't even realize until the end of the game that he had played the full 90 minutes. I, yeah, I was just same. surprised. It's like him, and I obviously have an eye on Ampadu, and Ampadu looked really, really good, especially on the ball when they needed a little bit like relief from the pressure. Uh, I mean, we were joking. I think Javier, you joked a couple weeks ago. Like, could Sheffield do it? Like, I don't think that seems that crazy now. They're three points behind West Brom in nineteenth, and West Brom are okay. West Brom are seven points behind Brighton, so there'd be a lot of ground to make up. But yeah, they, yeah, they, have, they, they, have, they are. They're but ten points behind Brighton right now. Traditionally, I would say that safety is thirty-six to forty points. I, I mean, Brighton, Newcastle, you know, even Burnley, Palace, and Wolves—they're all still very far from that. I don't think Wolves is going to be in their Newcastle Palace, probably are not falling either. Nor is fast, though. But yeah, Newcastle, Brighton. I mean. Getting getting a draw against Fulham was a huge result for Brighton because if Fulham had won that, it would have been, you know, it'd be much grimmer reading for them in terms of relegation right now. But I mean, it feels like these three teams that are at the bottom of the table don't have enough. Like those are the three worst teams in the league. But like you like you said, Sheffield last year they had the quality. They showed how well they could play, and they went on a run where in the first half of the season they had. I think like 28 points or 30 points. So they they if they went on some crazy run like they did in the first half of last year, yeah. I mean, I could see them getting out of getting safety, but I think that's what it would take at this point. 
Newcastle should get it, give everyone hope. <laughs> like, yeah, definitely. Newcastle, Newcastle so are falling like uh, probably more so than Brighton. Newcastle, yeah. I, I mean, Newcastle have a and tough Burnley game. Burnley just this keep doing it, Edmonton. man. Like, remember we were like, all right, maybe this is actually the season Burnley get now. Like, it's just never. I'm just Burnley are never going to get relegated. They are gods. Listen, Burnley, we're going to accept, we're just going to put it out there right now. We, we will accept cash payments for you to say that, for us to say this about you in the beginning of the season. You don't have to be worried about relegation anymore. You can just, you know, drop us the bag. We'll just say it at the beginning of the season. I feel like this is the one that uh, Burnley gets relegated, and then you'll be fine. You'll be fine for the rest of the season. All right. All right. So Manchester United go to Arsenal this weekend. Arsenal got a nice 3-1 win against Southampton. Javier, what did you think of the victory? You guys went down early, but then uh, turned it yeah, around before went, halftime. Went back early and, and and didn't put our heads down, didn't like start playing disorganized, just stuck with the plan. We honestly should have scored right before that goal. Um, That's why I think you guys didn't drop your heads, was because you got the the We got the, the first, first like big game, chance. Like, yeah, we got the like first big chance and we it. were like, oh, like all right, we can do this. And I mean, I said it on the last pod there was such a huge difference between Emil Smith Rowe playing there and Willian. It was just night and day. You could tell that the the Southampton players just weren't ready for him or what he offers. And I don't I, I don't know if he's. I just hope he can stay healthy. He kind of limped off hurt in the second half. Uh, it doesn't look like it's going to be something serious. Um, but him and Saka, man, Saka now has. Uh, more goals than every other teenager in the Premier League combined right now. So I know that's that's like a kind of like a out there stat, but he's one of the only teenagers who's you know balling right now in the league, and he he's definitely going to be a, a huge talent like he already is right now. Um, and then even Pepe, like I, I said on the last pod, I thought with with, with Emil Smith Rowe, he could look better. He hasn't had that player so far in his tenure at Arsenal since he started playing. You know, like a very good creative attacking midfielder with a spine behind him, so he can actually play his game right. Um, and Emil Smith Rowe is like very hardworking, like presses the presses the entire game. And I thought Pepe, that that's probably going to be our starting lineup against United. I mean, I think that we're going to play that front four of Lacazette, Pepe, Emil Smith Rowe, and Saka. And I think it's very very dynamic. Like I don't, I know Oba had some personal stuff. I don't want Oba to start. I feel like his, uh, right now his mom was sick and yeah. she's okay now. But he had but I feel like games. right now, not not because of that, but just because on form, the players who are playing right now are like playing well. And I that, that was Pepe's probably his best performance in an Arsenal shirt so far. You know, pretty close to it versus like pretty good opposition. So Southampton were able to press really well, like they always do. But we we were able to play out of that press and and be more effective. You know kind of kept them at bay the whole game which I was you know the first 20 30 minutes were pretty even but then after that we took over and didn't really ever feel a threat even when we were only up a goal it didn't really feel like Southampton were ever going to really get back into it um but for this weekend I mean United still uh, Solskjaer has never beaten Arteta and has they haven't beaten Arsenal in the league since 2018 which is kind of weird because they used to dominate us in the league um especially during the Wenger days but you know, it seems to have kind of turned around and we're kind of their bogey team now. So feeling weirdly confident against them. I also think that that Sheffield game kind of exposed the the way that United are going to, you know, they're going to fuck up. They're going to give us chances. And our players are, are especially our, you know, forward players are on form. So um, there's going to be a, there's going to be a couple of changes to United's lineup, though, that 
will I, I think affect the game. Like I doubt Axel Twanzebe starts again after the no shot. I mean, it wasn't like a blatant mistake for the winner against Sheffield, but you know he he was just kind of marking space instead of uh, pushing forward and trying to actually like block the shot effectively. So he's probably going to be out for Bailly or Lindelof or someone. And then I can't imagine Matic starts again. He's just like a, a cone in midfield at this point that can be kind of useful on set pieces, but they can play uh, Fred or someone else there. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at United's away record. They haven't lost away from home in the league this season. They've got eight wins, two draws. They've scored 24 goals away from home and conceded 12. So I think there's something to the fact that this Manchester United team doesn't matter who they're playing uh, away from home. I'm not even mentioning the uh, the PSG win uh, away from home earlier this season. Uh, there's just something about them that they're comfortable in a situation where they get to sit back and counterattack you. And I think Arsenal could get sucked into that and kind of... Uh, pay for it. I think a big. I think United are going to win this one. If Tierney, gonna... if Tierney are ba- is back, then I think that because we didn't have Tierney against Southampton and Cedric played really well actually, so I think right now both teams are still in good form. But I, I really think United's confidence is a little bit false. And like I said, I think they'll also have... United rested or didn't rest, but they started Anthony Martial over Cavani. Right. I, I think I think Cavani probably starts against Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I mean, not scared of Cavani. It, be pretty happy if Cavani starts against us. There's a nice soundbite sound for a jinx. Holding will have him in his pocket. Um, interesting. Um, hey, you wish you had well, Rob yeah, no, Holding I, right now, man. He wouldn't be playing Henderson I do. at the back. I would, <laughs> uh, he would be starting. He, oh, he'd be starting. 100% he'd Liverpool. be starting. He's, play, he's, had, a, uh, he's well, had a pretty good season, honestly. Because he, uh, he's, he's a player who, like, before he had that really nasty ACL injury... He was out for over a year with that. Like he, he was playing really well up up until that injury. So it's just taken him a little while to hate, get back. Don't on you form. hate when that happens? Yeah. Don't you hate when? He, <laughs> trust me, I know that was Joe yeah, Gomez. Absolutely. Uh, and you know he he got hurt a couple uh, times, but he's come back and he's probably been our best defender, like him and Gabriel. You know this season. So um, well, Arsenal are plus one eighty five. Manchester United plus one forty five. Uh, the draws at plus two forty. So we're and I oh, mean, their favorites. Their looking, favorites. Okay. They're their favorites. But looking at it, I mean, Arsenal are on this great run. They haven't lost in the Premier League all the way back to that that game against Manchester City. And obviously, Manchester United's away form is very incredible. So I, I think I think this is we're going to split the baby here. I'm taking the draw at plus two forty. Like that. I'm I'm going to put money on that. That'll be in the. I haven't done the video yet for this week, but I'm, I'm going to take a draw. Yeah, I don't know I, I don't why, think, but I feel like that, we're going to beat that's them. That's a like bad. That's a two nil or like three one. I don't know why. Maybe that's just like that's crazy. A, but I really don't think that they're that good. No, and I've also just been watching them play, and the, like uh, right now, I don't. There aren't many teams that I would take right now to beat us just the form that we're playing with this current team because this this hasn't been an Arsenal side that we've seen under Arteta you know it's not like he's brought back old ways like we're getting rid of the the dead weight in the team and slowly that you can tell that there is an identity that's changing so this is this would be the type of game that if we win it like we're still in it for top four like I don't give a shit what anybody says so I mean, you're still in it for top four right now. Yeah, but I'm saying if we win this, like we could easily make top four. The players are going to be very hyped for this game, up for it. So I hope we can win it. It's it's a huge game for us, and obviously it's a huge game for them too. But they're not winning the title, so they can fuck off. So that's a that's right, a perfect uh, 
ghost goal uh, triple split. Andrew's taking a draw. Yeah. Javier's taking an Arsenal win, and I'm taking a Manchester United win. All right. That's what we give you here. That That's why there's three of us. We'll give you every angle. All right. Uh, let's move right, right along. I guess we'll talk about the Liverpool game. They got a massive result against Tottenham today. What a performance. I mean, I know they played relatively well against Manchester United over the weekend in the, in the loss in the FA Cup. The opening for the opening like twenty minute. Well, Hinman Song op- only scored almost scored in the third minute. Uh, then he got chalked off for offsides, and then Sadio Mane was just absolutely fleecing Tottenham down the left left side, but couldn't finish. And then he throws the cross along to Firmino, who gets the first goal. He cre- uh Then they then China Alexander Arnold gets the tap in. Hoiberg scored the best goal of the game, and then Mane capitalizing on a defensive error from Tottenham. I mean, I, I thought the first half was. Mainly dominated by Liverpool and Tottenham had their chances, but I think one of the other things too, Harry Kane got pulled up with an injury in the first half, had in like the first 20 minutes only touched the ball three times, and I was definitely expecting him to be the guy for Tottenham today, and he just never got going, and now he's out. Uh, Jose didn't bring on another striker for him, he just brought on like wingers. And honestly, Tottenham just kind of sat back and let Liverpool play their game all day, which going into this game, I think would have been a pretty decent strategy. But when they started feeling themselves, that first goal happened. You could definitely think and, and Salah had a goal crossed off for um, for a handball in the buildup. Like this was we definitely started playing with swagger in the second half, which was very exciting to see something that they haven't played in a long time. And Trent Alexander-Arnold, who I said literally on Monday, looked like he was out of sorts, had one of his best performances in a long time. So uh, I think I thought Firmino played again really well. Like I, this was unexpected, but I'm thrilled to get off to this type of uh, get this victory without Fabinho. Was it, was it really um, unexpected you know, though? Cause like you guys, yeah, come on. We like were saying that this feels like a game that Liverpool get frustrated and Tottenham win. No, but what I was like, going to yeah. say is when I, when I thought about it more later, like Tottenham have showed up or Liverpool have showed up in all the big games in the league this season. Like have Liverpool lost in any of the, against any of the top six so far this season? Like you drew City, no. Uh, we drew City, we drew United, and then you won every other we beat game. You guys, yeah, yeah. We so beat Chelsea. I was gonna say like Liverpool have dropped all their points against like mid, quote unquote mid table teams or you know obviously teams like Villa, but they've struggled against breaking down low block teams who sit back. But against teams like Tottenham, weren't gonna do that at home. They weren't gonna just completely give put the onus on Liverpool to. To break well, they, them they down. sat back they for a lot of this game. Yeah, yeah once I'm they yeah. went behind, they once they went behind, they opened themselves up a bit more. They opened themselves up, yeah, and much. they were they started trying to attack them and like keep possession, and you could tell that it was just not their game. And I don't know, it seemed like a pretty easy win for Liverpool. Honestly, I mean, I know that the first half was a little bit more contentious. You know, Son, that was their first goal. Those were their first goal scored in 2021 in the Premier League, though. For Liverpool, yeah. No, I know Liverpool was not on good like, form, and <laughs> but in all the big games this season, Liverpool has showed up. So. It was just a pattern that I thought I kind of thought, oh, you know, that might happen again. Like the players seem to when the opposition's there, like they get up for it. So they continue to impress in the big games. Um, they just got to fix their I think they could still win the title. I just think that they've got to they got to fix their I think, you know, I think we need help. I think we need a, a major injury crisis at Manchester City. Yeah. And something like that. Uh, or drop yeah, in form, um, which there's there's too many too many like mid table to tops challenging for that top six top four. There's too many teams this year, so you really never know who who's going to keep it up right now. But. Well, there's two things I uh, there's two things few things I want to point out. Um, Tiago picked up another yellow card, which I think he is um, 
he seems like a guy who's going to be picking up a yellow card like every game and is going to end up start starting to get suspended. James Milner was an absolute motor again today at 34, just buzzing all over the pitch, doing everything he needed, which which made up for the fact that Jordan Henderson, even though he was on the pitch, was playing in the back line. But uh, Joel Mott going down with I thought he didn't play that ankle. bad. I was watching him. Yeah, no, I thought, I thought he, played he played great. Fine, but, you know, I thought he was um, better than than Matip. Yeah, well, I mean, Matip was fine for the for the half that he played. I thought he was very well in the, the half that he played, and then he picked up an ankle ankle injury with ligament damage, which means, I mean, the club was pretty adamant we're not going to sign someone, but I don't understand how you can't sign him now with all three of your senior center backs potentially out with longer term injuries. It, you know, you got to sign somebody. Like it. Um, I looked it up. Um, I think as we were recording the pod on Monday, Socrates signed with a club in in Greece. Uh, the uh, the club that he came through with so he's not available so i don't know who you're gonna sign but you got to figure something out i jokingly said on twitter today like can we call tottenham and get you know davidson sanchez or alder virels on rip the loan out, because uh, rip out because <laughs> we're not playing tottenham again this year rip out him on pomacano from likes him should be like 80 million thing here we're liverpool well, gods suck our no dick going for pomacano until the summer because his con no his get, release drops to like 40 million or something oh, in the shit. summer. Okay. Yeah, it's like 40 million euro or something like that this summer if you wait. So no one's going to go get him now. And uh, frankly, they would be in no position to sell him to us when we have to play them in the next round of the Champions Maybe League. Rugani. So, Rugani from Juventus. That's another one that like doesn't get any play. He, and He's he's on loan at, uh, at uh, Ren. Oh, no problem. Yeah. All right. yeah. For whoever there's, was there's, played in the Champions League this year, he was on loan there. Ren. Yeah, he yeah, was right. on loan. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what's gonna happen. The, the name mean, that I've been throwing out on Twitter at least a lot is on um, loan. Like a, uh, the the Brazilian center back over at Real Madrid, Militao, is apparently on available on loan for like a one and a half million dollar or one and a half million euro um, loan fee. And I don't understand how you don't go and pull the trigger on that. But I don't know what they're gonna do. They're gonna have to figure something out. And I, this is a bad loss for Spurs because obviously they're at home and. Liverpool are coming in on good form or on horrendous form. And frankly, I was looking at Spurs form. Like they haven't necessarily been playing great. No, since they've only we won beat two them. in the last I mean, eight games. Like they haven't been that great so, either. So and now they lose Harry Kane. If you're a Tottenham fan, how worried are you with him gonna be out? Because he did not look like the player that he normally is. I mean, you've got um, a matchup against Brighton this weekend, and Brighton aren't gonna go down go quietly into this good night against you they need points so well, I think they, you have to kind of wait to assess them until obviously this brighton game passes and then they play chelsea i think next thursday in the midweek games and i mean so son, son is a plenty good go striker and one then they're in trouble son is a plenty good striker and maybe this is time for gareth bale to shine i mean everyone's been calling for him to get more minutes if harry kane's out for a couple weeks so you might see like a front three of you know bale son and and burwine or Lucas. Well, he came on for the last like ten minutes, and I don't remember him doing a damn thing. No, so, but the team had already pretty much given up by that point. Like you could tell they were kind that's, of resigned that's to fair. just Which losing I've, the game. I have to give a shout out to uh, one of our oldest listeners, uh, Tone. Uh, do Do you have his uh, Twitter to pull up? He uh, hang on one second. I think it was I like sixty it. minutes into that Tottenham Liverpool game. He uh, he tweeted. I know the tweet you're talking about. The biggest difference between this Tottenham team is that. Uh, under Jose Mourinho, this game feels like it's over. But if it was three-one in the 60th minute under Pochettino, you would still think Spurs are still trying to go for this, which I completely agree with. It's uh, it, it was surprising to me how over that game felt with Once as, as end-to-end as it had been, and with as many chances as Tottenham had created earlier. That song goal that got 
called offside just barely. Really could have stood. Uh, I wouldn't have been surprised if it stood. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it is surprising to me how how just open and shut case it felt at like 60 minutes or whenever you guys went up 3-1. Uh, yeah, 65. Uh, here's the tweet. Here's the tweet at tone div D I V it's T O N E D I V. The difference between a Poch Spurs and a Mourinho Spurs is that that this game would be over. This game wouldn't be over right now. Yeah. Which Much and, more I, and I literally replied. I put it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I literally said, can't confirm this is true because I remember the, the, the Tottenham game where this was back when I was still living in, in Maryland. It was that game where Salah had that ridiculous goal where he like dribbled through all of Tottenham, yep. put it right behind, and we're celebrating. There, it was and it was the it, Sissoko rip, or was yeah, it someone else? Yeah, I don't remember who it was, but Tottenham came back two minutes later and scored, and it was. I mean, it was gut right. It was like it was a draw, but I felt like a loss. And he's right. Like you know, this Tottenham team, I definitely felt like once once we hit like this, we got that that third goal. Which we had scored a goal a few minutes before that that got chalked off, but once we got that goal, it just felt like this is over. And uh, at that point, I was just I was just on Twitter doing my thing. And um, but look, Liverpool have a tough game like, coming up this weekend. They're gonna have to play at West Ham and the hottest team in the league, other than Manchester City right now. Which I mean, their schedule yeah. has been not easy, but not as difficult as you might think. Yeah, we're uh, we're on the same form right now as West Ham. Yeah, sure. Arsenal yeah, hot so right now. I think West Ham have West Ham have scored have won five straight for like the first time since like 2008 or something in the Premier League. It's ridiculous. They got a they got a three two victory against Crystal Palace. Um, Thomas Suchek having an, an excellent form. The base of that midfield of Thomas Suchek and um, Declan Rice. Declan Rice has has been magnificent. Uh, they're gonna sign Suchek actually since um, Bruno Fernandez came in the league. He's the only midfield he has like eight or nine goals like he's the second highest scoring midfielder in the league since like bruno's come in which is kind of interesting obviously bruno like by far is the highest scoring but after that suchek which is pretty interesting statistic there he's a great weapon um, on set pieces he's like a new uh Fellaini. yes yes which which is not surprising also, seeing as david Moore is the just one been, who really made Fellaini what he is it since he's come back like kind of forgotten what that West Ham team looked like with him in it and they're way scarier with Antonio on the side like I don't know when Antonio converted into this god striker but like I used to remember him just kind of being like really fast and like a little bit tricky but like a winger who was not really a goal threat now he just scores goals for fun and like he feels like he bulked up too he feels a little bit like I mean a little bit like Drogba, like obviously not like that level, but I'm saying he feels like he that level. People, yeah. He bullies Drogba the shit bully out of, out of players, way. but he's fast as hell and he's got a real presence in the air and he's he's skilled with his feet. So it's just like it's not there. You don't see that combination very often. It, like Balotelli, like obviously in his prime for Manchester City, kind of uh, was a player like that. But that's kind of where I like Antonio looks right now. If he were to ever you know reach like a 25 goal a season. You know, he have to probably stay healthy, but if he can continue this form and what he's been doing since he's been fit in this entire season, you could easily see him like, you know, if he gets West Ham like a sixth place finish or something, like well, you could definitely the see top that four top five right now, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they are. They're fifth. They're fifth in the table. They were where they were in front of Liverpool going into that game. Liverpool would have gone above them on goal difference. I think had they. I think, the game. I think people forget that they've invested like a shitload of money into their squad. Not only did they, you know, well, move and, into their new and stadium. And they're bringing in, 
They're bringing in Jesse Lingard on loan, which I don't know why, but they're signing uh, Ben Rama on a permanent. He was only on loan because they're only allowed to have like two players on loan or something for the year, and they had Bowen and Ben Rama, but Ben Rama is going to be made uh, official, and yeah, they're humming right now. So this is um, I, I kind of I'll say I kind of see I this being have, a draw. I, I, like I feel like these are the types of teams Liverpool have been dropping points against them and like a little bit worse teams, but. I'm going to say 2-2. This is a team you need center backs to play against. Yeah, you so. do. I know. I know. I know. It could this, be rough. I think, Nat Phillips, I think Nat Phillips starts the game. I'm definitely going to take the over in this game. That's at plus 162 right now. Um, but I'm going to take Liverpool in both the score. I, I think th- I think they get it done, but I think it's going to be uh, – I think it's going to be nervy. I don't think this one's going to be – I think if we go up 3-1 in the 65th minute, this one's not over. This is going to be – a battle, but I, I am going to take them to win. So we'll see. See if they can snap the West Ham streak. Um, I'll probably lean towards like score draw twenty, like two two or something. Mm, yeah. Oh, well, that would be the over. So really forgot to mention with with Arsenal, they actually we actually signed Martin Odegaard on a six month loan from Real Madrid. So I don't know how much of a factor that's going to be when we have done that with players in the past. Most of the time, it doesn't work. Coming in January for six gonna... months. He could play a lot for you guys, but he could. with Emil Smith Rowe playing Especially if well he's really he good. Is, then well, no, I mean, but he just provides more cover for like Europa, and in case Smith Rowe goes down, it's still a position that we need cover in. So I think it's a smart move picking him up. Apparently, we're looking for I'm a left surprised. back as well, cover cover for le- in left back. So transfer window is almost closed. That, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm surprised that he hasn't figured out what the I haven't, I haven't figured out what's going on with Real Madrid, and, and I mean, he's been there like. On their books since he was sixteen or something yeah, like been, that. He's, he's been going on like, loan always, so I think this was his yeah. first year. And that he they played tried to well bring him for in the first team, and he just hasn't. He played well the, for Sociedad last year. He was great he for Sociedad. That's why he was back at Real. But every time he started for them in in the league, especially, it seemed to coincide with uh, just not really good enough performances. Uh, maybe not ha- every Holland single time. Holland says but he's 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 amazing. So I'll believe he's, he's a Holland. very good player. He's just, I think he's still like yeah. 21 or 22. It is kind of weird so. having two of Real Madrid's like really good, like quote unquote, like prodigy, like kids, Ceballos and like Odegaard. But now they're like a little bit older and like Real doesn't want them. But they're like, all right, Arsenal, like you do what you can with them. And then if they're good, we'll take them back. If not, like we'll just keep sending them on loan. Pretty he's much. only 22. He just turned 22 in middle of December. So there's, he's got a lot of football in front of him, and yeah, I mean, the the Norwegian national team in FIFA in the coming years is going to be a fun little like hipster team because you're going to have Odegaard and Holland in there. So I think they've got like another couple kids who are like decent breaking through. But all right, looking ahead to the weekend, Manchester City got a massive five nil win over West Brom. Gundogan shining again in that role with uh, nope, they didn't skip a beat. Kevin De Bruyne out. Nope. Uh, uh, Gundogan has his most goals ever in the Premier League in a season right now. Um, Cancelo, Mares, and Sterling all getting on the score sheet as well. Are they going to be able to just... Here's the thing with Manchester City, and I've been thinking about this a lot. Like, I never know what to do with them when trying to handicap them because... Of late, they've been able to get these like ridiculous like tons of when, goal games. Yeah, but when they get on this form, dude... Like they won. I, I but saw like, the I, I hate that, telling people take the over four and a half goals. Well, no, like that's no, no, so no, that's no, like no, that's I, putting your I, nuts on the I, table right there. I saw a statistic that was like they had a, they haven't won five straight like this or six straight since 2018 or 2019. 2019, which feels like all right. Well, like that's like 
like kind of a long time for Manchester City to not have won five straight, but or six straight, but they won fifteen straight in that run. So like this Manchester City side has the ability to do something like this, where they can go on these crazy runs of form, and. But the league is crazy this year. The league here. is crazy this year. But they watching. But they play Sheffield United. <laughs> Watch Sheffield United beat City and United in like a week. I would just give if up. I just give up on the pot if that happened. We, we, if we, that if they did that, you have to give their manager manager of the month, regardless of who else. Like all these other hot streaks. Like while they would just be like all of you fucks who doubted yeah. me. Like I'm gonna save Sheffield. Like I got this. I, I just think this is like a hard, really hard fought. Like two one win for Men City or something, maybe three one. I think Sheffield. Yeah, I'm say maybe not, yeah. maybe not go City. ahead, but like maybe when they're down two nil, they get a goal off a set piece and just will themselves back into it. I think Sheffield are in such a level they're of the desperation. Most confident, that they're the most confident like they've Brown. been all season, right? Like you said, they've gotten two wins in three. Right, and One if you count them, the FA Cup, it's three and four. Three wins in four. Like that's crazy for them when they didn't win a game you know, in the first half of the season. So you never know. Confidence is a, it's a hell of a drug. I'm going to say something here. I think the FA cup has uh, made this happen because Sheffield have two wins this month or in January. Yeah. This month in the FA cup to obviously still be in it. And, you know, before that we might be thinking back to, I don't know, maybe around like early in the season when the Carabao cup was going on, maybe that would have been like their last win. Like getting those wins, it doesn't matter against the opposition, but even even if it's in a cup competition, getting those wins can like lay the groundwork down for you building your confidence to, you know, I think their first win in the league was against uh, Fulham or someone and uh, two, two or three games ago. And all of a sudden they've got two wins in three in the league. And one of those wins is at a, like a top two or three side that hadn't lost in 10 games straight. So I'm not saying I'm not going to go out and pick Sheffield United to, like get the upset here or even to get the draw. But I think it's going to be a tough one for Manchester City until it gets to like four or five nil. So I'll say like three one Manchester City. See, I don't know what I want to do with this one. Part of me wants to keep riding the hot hand and bet on Gundogan to score. It's at like plus 140 right now. The other part of me is like the under two and a half goals because I just looked at it. Manchester City has won all of the times that they've matched up in the Premier League in games. They won 2-0 in 2019, December. They won 1-0 in the other two games. It's like, do I just take the under and and think that, you know, this is, you know, this is hard fought and that's it? Like, I I hate trying to figure out City. Just what, what's the over-under at? Um, well, I mean, you, you can get it at whatever you want. Yeah, but, but what are you picking? It, but like, um, if I took under two and a half goals, it's at plus 166. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't do or that. Yeah, I, don't, over, I don't think that's going to happen. Like, yeah, I feel like if it's going to be close, it's still going to be like like a two one would be close. Mm. Yeah, then that's here's the thing: over two and a half goals at is minus two hundred five. That's why I'm I like, just wouldn't I, mess I with the under. Stay away from it. It just doesn't sound like a good yeah. idea. I mean, unless we I see a you. complete like reverting back to like mid December Manchester City form where, where they uh, drew West Brom. But I, I don't think that's going to happen. She- Sheffield have enough mistakes in them at the back, and Manchester City can certainly pull them apart plenty of times. Yeah. I, I would stay away from that under. 
Yeah, I think that's I think that's what I'm going to do. I think I'm just going to ride the Gundogan to score because he's hot. And he's their penalty taker when De Bruyne's not in. So if they win a penalty, mm-hmm. he's scoring. So Quick quick question. How have we gone this far uh, without talking about Tuchel? It's 40 minutes We're getting in. there. We got to we got to <laughs> I need to I need to ha- hear Alex's gush his uh Tuchel's going to turn us into gods. Well, I mean all the connections new Tuchel has. Is, is that what you want to hear? We're going to get a new manager bump. I'll guarantee well, Tuchel, that. Tuchel, some fun statistics from the nil-nil draw. Tuchel got, uh, I think, seven, it was like 79.8% possession against Wolves with like 140 passes. And that's the most passes for the first game for a manager and the most possession. way more than 140. <laughs> I said 840. Oh, 840. Okay. Yeah, you guys yeah. like pass a shitload and like... Well, I think it was because he was playing like Jorginho and he played five at the back. He completely changed everything, which was, I think it was really interesting to to see Tuchel kind of flip around. It looks like he's trying to, obviously he's going to figure out who the best players for his system are, but be interesting if he, you know, tries to go for that defensive stability and, and plays five at the back again, because Chelsea know how to play that. And I feel like Frank didn't utilize it enough, especially in big games where he did do it, I feel like last season, but then this year he kind of just gave up on it and just kind of played one formation most of the time and I mean I know he'd switch like Havertz's position a lot of times but you think a manager like Tuchel would be able to get more out of players like Havertz and and Werner and I don't know about Ziyech I feel like Ziyech kind of feels like Julian Brandt at Dortmund where like he didn't do that well under Tuchel Um, he wasn't there when Tuchel was there oh you're right you're right that was you're right he he didn't play under Tuchel he played under um Zorts Zorts what's who's the manager there now oh I, I don't know I thought it was just a caretaker. I didn't, I didn't even bother to learn his name. Anyway, I, you, I, I don't know. He just I don't feels know like kind of out of place. Yeah, he just I mean, doesn't feel like... I think it's literally like... the first game of a brand new system, and he had one That's training fair. session. That's fair. Yeah, we'll uh, see. We'll see how... The, but good signs, at least, from that first game in terms of you guys were a lot more defensively stable and created some chances, got a little unlucky, but it already yeah, looked it a, a little of, bit like a different Chelsea side. It, well, it was a lot of the, the same old like Chelsea problems that we've had under multiple managers over the last couple of years a lot of good possession regardless of the formation but not too much uh, like effective possession and no really good chances to come from it I think I can remember a Giroud uh, chance from a really good Hudson Odoi cross early on in the game and then a Chilwell cutback that he blazed over the bar that he if he got on target could have stood a chance but other than that like We've had that problem for ages. That wasn't going to get fixed with one training session anyway. What I was kind of encouraged by was the fact that, yes, we kept possession. We've been good at that under multiple managers already. But the most important thing is that we didn't give the ball away in really, really threatening areas for Wolves to counterattack us. I think one of the highlights they have in like the main highlights package uh, for the game, because there were so few like really good chances... They, everyone left in uh, Pedro Neto chance that just like on a counterattack he tried to like lob M- Mendy and it just went over the bar but everyone left that in there without bringing notice to the fact that he was offside in the buildup and it was like a blatant offside that you know they had to include it in the highlight package anyway even though he was offside otherwise there would have been nothing to show so uh, other than that there really was no great Wolves chance other than a, a very far out Dendonker header are you, in the first Are you half. scared so, of Burnley Alex? You're yeah, scared of the, two, the Burns two wins Slayers. in a row, isn't it? They've got a win over Yeah, and they beat Liverpool Arsenal a few away. games before that. Yeah, they're gods right now, Burnley. They, got, they beat Liverpool away, and they came back from 1-0 and 2-1 down against Villa, who are obviously a very, very good I side. Think, and I think they got pretty lucky, though. A bunch though. of chances. 
thought they got yeah, pretty lucky in both those games. The, here's the thing. Thomas Tuchel, before that uh, Wolves game, his first press conference, he said like not to take anything from this lineup that he put put out. And he played, like you said, a 3-4-3 three, three, uh, with Callum Hudson-Odoi at right wing back, Ben Chilwell at left wing back. This That could be completely scrapped up and thrown out for this Burnley game. We just don't know. Uh, it, it's it's going to take a couple of games before we can kind of get an idea of what systems he's going to want to use against certain teams. Playing a a parked bus Wolves side that are primarily playing five at the back like they, they have since they've been in the league versus playing a Burnley team that likes to usually play 4-4-2 and really attack you on set pieces and, and put in a concerted effort to, to win set pieces in your half. They, they're different, but uh, but still very similar. So I think you, you maybe could see a switch to four at the back and add an extra attacker. Uh, maybe get pull sick a start, uh, but I don't. I'm, I'm not really sure. It, it, all, all I can say is that we look better in possession and less likely to give away easy goals, which you know, pr- you know, creates a platform for something at least. We just need to figure out how to put the ball in the back of the net a bit more often. Well, it, I just, which I think if we he can does do. continue to play um, Ziyech and Havertz in a more like central position, and then use Giroud as like that pivot. I think that could be really interesting, but it'd be very, very different to what Chelsea have been playing i mean he was a player back yeah i mean he didn't even bring on timo verner when you guys are down nil nil it it, it wasn't the game for verner and i I don't think this one will be either i think they'll probably stick with Giroud or i just think it's interesting he he didn't start reese james he didn't start mason mount he didn't start you know christian pulisic or tammy abraham all players who in timo verner all these were all players who lampard regularly started i think it's a pretty big i don't know if like you said not a lot to take from it but i think it'd be interesting to see especially when Pulisic was the one who I was thinking of, who, you know, when he was at Dortmund, that's where under Tuchel, he, you know, really made his uh, made his name and, and as like an 18 year old really came on the scene. So you got to think that as a player who knows him already, you know, hopefully he can get the, the best out of him. But I'm going to say I'm going to say one nil Chelsea. Huh. I agree. I think one nil Chelsea. One one. I mean, I would be yeah, one one's not unreasonable. I, I, I would love one one. I would absolutely love that, but I, I can't even. I, yeah, I, I would be disappointed, obviously, because this is a game we have to. We, we pretty much have to win now. Uh, also, especially with Chelsea Tottenham were top on December fifth. Arsenal yeah. are now above them. No, you're not. Chat shit, get banged. You're not above us. Oh wow! No, you guys are. Oh, Chelsea are above Chelsea's us on goal above difference. You guys. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that. of course we are. Yeah. We've scored way more goals than you. It's plus four yeah. more. So just give it a give it a couple of weeks. We'll be above you. Give it a couple of weeks. All right, we let's scored thirty three uh, goals. Games. You've scored twenty six. A couple of games before we uh, wrap things up. Southampton Aston Villa is an intriguing Saturday afternoon uh, delight with this weekend with no NFL or anything. So that's this week. Definitely going to be this game weeks. Uh, Everton versus Leicester. Which yes, uh, I agree. As um, shit, was, really as, shit as we've been this season, we still have the second best defense in the league. Just crazy. <laughs> what the Is that going to win you a trophy? No, it's not. Not unless you're Manchester City, who have by far the best defense in the league. So that might win them a trophy. Southampton, Aston Villa. I've been going back and forth on what I want to do with this game. Villa were at times very good against Burnley, but obviously got the loss. They've been up and down. Of late, people have been waiting for them to break out. Do you guys think this is going to be that game? Or do you think Southampton, even though they have a fair amount of uh, injuries coming in, no Vestergaard, I think Kyle Walker-Peters is expected to miss this game as well. 
Um, what are you guys? What are you guys thinking in this game? Because I, I, I will tell you what. Uh, there'll be at least one or two picks on this game for my bets of the week. I'm just hoping for draws out of like all of these games: Arsenal, Man United, Southampton, Aston Villa, Leicester City, Leeds, West Ham, Liverpool. Just give me draws, draws all around, baby. And if Chelsea sneak a win, then I mean that's not going to happen, obviously. But no, of course not. It's got, as a Chelsea fan, that's kind of how it's feeling every week. Like every time you see like one of these games, like Southampton, Aston Villa, one of these two teams usually wins, and then you're like, ah, shit, we're like five points behind them now, or something. It's just all too close to call it's hard to separate them week to week i kind of feel like villa are gonna win just because they've both kind of fallen off form wise Re- i mean relative to earlier in the season they have but i feel like southampton well have, have have fallen off a little bit more and i don't know if it's because arsenal played really well or we had just played them so we kind of knew how to play against them but yeah southampton for me have the the goals have kind of dried up Danny Ings hasn't been scoring. Che Adams hasn't been scoring. They've been randomly getting goals from like their center backs and midfielders, but that's not enough right now. Like they really need their strikers to to start producing for them again. And, you know, Redmond never fucking scores. I don't know who else they're. Janepo. Yeah. They, they, they never. They never. They don't start. have a lot of goals in their team, huh? I think Janepo's hurt. Okay. He's always. Well, then hurt. I don't know when the goals are going to come. Then, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say two one Villa in this. I'll say 2-2. Two, two. Ings has to come back at some point. Like, he, even when he's not scoring goals, he's still threatening. He just scored the winner against Liverpool a couple of weeks ago. He's not completely out of it. That was an amazing finish. When you're, when you're still able to finish. pull those off, you still have a shred of confidence in you to, you know, get back on the, the, the goal-scoring run. Yeah, I, I can't separate them. I'd have to say 1-1 one, one or 2-2. Two, two. I think I'm going to take Southampton. I think, I think I'm just going to take Southampton. Another even um, split. And Le- <laughs> yeah, and then Leicester and Leeds. Leicester and Leeds, Sunday morning, 9 o'clock. This one should be decent. Le- uh, look, Leicester were chasing goals late in that in the game. And I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know if Jamie Vardy, him not being there, would have really changed that. I think, to some extent, they almost looked like they needed a target man against Everton. And we know, I mean, Jamie Vardy is a lot of things. He's not really that kind of guy. But Leeds got the result in the midweek. Um, they beat Newcastle 2-1. But Whoop-de-doo. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Newcastle. I don't think there's a colder team in the league right now than Newcastle. Yeah, I, I kind of fancy Leicester in this, too. Because I right now the, right now on my card I have Leicester and over Leicester and over one and a half goals in the game at plus one oh five and I think that's I think yeah, that's a fairly that's even, money. I I think that's money. So um I, I think Leicester either win two nil, maybe a two one. Does the plus um, one point five I'm gonna say does Leicester have to win for the Lester. plus one point five to hit as well or are they No, no, no. It's Leicester ha- Leicester has to win and there's over one and a half goals in the game. So yes, it's oh. it's kind of a mini part it's a mini parlay. I, mean, I could maybe of. see a draw. Like we're mm. talking about a Leicester team that not even a month ago lost to Fulham at home, you know. Although, I yes, although the Leeds, Leicester midfield and, is and, fucking and, balling and Leeds right do, now. Leeds have been catching people off guard, but much less so recently, right? Like Leeds, actually, I mean they've still they're not got, like banging in goals they like ha- they used to, so the games aren't as like high scoring, but they're still picking up points relatively frequently. Well, they, they did score. A month ago, 5-0 against West Brom, but that was kind of a freak game because of the red card, and then they lost 3-0, 1-0 to Brighton. That's 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 That was a big loss for them, losing to Brighton. Um, and then, I mean, the Newcastle win was big. If they're going to 
I'm sure they're still looking at themselves. Like they're probably not thinking like, all right, we're we're not gonna make Europe, but they're definitely like, all right, we got to stay up. And wins like that are how you're gonna stay up. So, I think this is the type of game that even a draw would be beneficial for Leeds, honestly. So 100%. I could I could see I could see a, a draw in this game too. Taking the Foxes, even though I, I honestly like I'm gonna take Leicester to win, but I need them to lose or draw points. So it, it, it is what it is, but that's life in the big city. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening along. I'll have my picks out. Well, by the time you're listening to this, the picks will have already been out. So check on the Ghost Goal Pod on Twitter and Instagram at Andrew Passaro at ASMOS92 at Javier Rev9. Until next week. See ya.